0: hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry. And as always, we are here to talk about what's new and what's next and what's working in e-commerce. And really excited about my guest on the show today. This is not your average e-commerce entrepreneur. This is going to be part of the How I Did It series where we interview successful e-commerce entrepreneurs, find out what makes them tick, find out the things that they're doing to make their business really stand out and grow. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. Hey, that's my company. Uh, OMG Commerce is the primary underwriter of the e-commerce evolution podcast. And we're excited to do that, excited to bring this content to you. A quick offer from OMG Commerce. We are a Google Premier Partner. So we're in the top 3% of all Google partners, one of the fastest growing in the world last year, uh, if you would like a second set of eyes on your Google campaigns, whether that's Google shopping, search, YouTube, remarketing, or the like, we would love to talk to you love to schedule a strategy session, love to look at your campaigns and provide ideas for improvement. Also, Amazon, we would love to talk to you about your Amazon ad strategy and have an Amazon audit for you uh, complimentary for listeners of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Our Amazon department is led by Mr. Chris Tyler to find out more about the way we approach Amazon campaigns. Go back and check out episode 39 as we do a deep dive and look at Amazon advertising. But we would love to help you with either of those traffic sources. And so if you're interested, go to omgcommerce.com, click on any of the services and there's a quick form to fill out right there. And now, back to the show. And so today we're talking to the CEO of Lost Empire Herbs, Logan Christopher. Awesome guy. Fascinating guy. Uh, we get to know each other. He's actually an OMG commerce client. So that's how we kind of get to know each other. Uh, but but the dude is, is really impressive. So he's a, a strong man author. He's obviously an e-commerce entrepreneur. Runs lostempireherbs.com. He's deceptively strong. And that's a term he uses because he's, well, he's fit and cut. He's a, he's a skinny guy, right? But he's deadlifted 505 pounds, rack pulled, which I'm not 100% certain what that means, a thousand pounds, uh, juggled kettlebells that were on fire and pulled like a train truck with his hair or something crazy like that. (laughs) And so, and he's doing some amazing e-commerce stuff. I can't wait to talk to Logan Christopher. Logan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, give people a little bit of your background. I, I kind of teased it a little bit and now people are like, okay, who is this guy? Uh, but but talk a little bit about some of your crazy exploits and and then, you know, how did you get into e-commerce?
1: Right, uh- The whole story, I mean, it all kind of fits together. I'm not naturally strong or athletic. I was the proverbial 98-pound weakling entering high school. Although I played football then, I was not any good. It was really (laughs) after high school that I got serious about training. I got into doing bodyweight stuff. And from there, that led to kettlebells and that led to old-time strongmen. So for whatever reason, I I read this book, a biography of an old-time strongman, like vaudeville era, this guy that would bend nails and bite through chains and pull vehicles by his hair. And for whatever reason, I said, I, I really want to do that. And so I was working at it. But I, as I said, it wasn't naturally gifted. So I was always looking for an edge. And that led me to NLP and neurolinguistic programming to investigate the, the mental training side of things, but also health and nutrition. And that's how I got into herbalism. And so just I've been doing this many years. So, yeah, I've done all kinds of crazy feats of strength, which is really fun to me and it's just you know one area where i can focus on performance
0: yeah that's great so we're going to obviously focus on e-commerce and really dive into that but but any other did you want to talk a little bit about some of those things like like why juggle kettlebells on fire other <laughs> than that's just really super cool you know how heavy were these kettlebells and and, and talk about what what was the environment here why why did you do that right uh so
1: that was just an idea i had um so kettlebell juggling is not actually like how you would juggle balls or bats or chainsaws or anything like that it's really the typically the flipping and spinning of one kettlebell around the body and this can be done with light weights or heavy weights i've juggled 35 pound kettlebells i've also done some more basic tricks with a 106 pound kettlebell and so i'm really good at the kettlebell juggling in general you can just punch up kettlebell juggling on youtube and you'll find a bunch of videos of me uh but this idea of The old time strongman's really more performance based versus the modern strongman, which people see on ESPN where it's more of a competition base. And both are great. But I got this idea of just, you know, I I can juggle a kettlebell. Let's light it on fire, you know, add more of that danger (laughs) element and just see what happens. So this was at an event I put on down in San Diego and it was just a 35 pound kettlebell. But uh, I was pretty happy with the results. And that is also on
0: YouTube. So Flaming Kettlebell Juggling, anyone can view that there. Totally going to check that out. And I think that's a perfectly logical progression where you say, Uh, I'm swinging something really heavy uh and you know made of lead or whatever around my body the next step is just to light it on fire and continue spinning it around the next (laughs) step
1: will be to be standing on broken glass while it's
0: happening (laughs) that's awesome okay very good and then uh last one i'm curious about or really talk about more if you want this is fascinating but the the, what did you pull with your hair and and talk about that that uh, situation too right so it was an antique fire truck that weighed eight
1: thousand eight hundred pounds uh one of the the uh, I was mentioning, I read this biography of an old-time strongman named the Mighty Adam. And he was actually, he he pulled vehicles by his hair, but on two separate occasions, he also stopped single propeller planes from taking off that were attached to his hair. It almost killed him, so he wasn't happy about it. And kind of the second time, he he was kind of forced into doing it the second time. Uh, so I'm not planning on doing that one. But I <laughs> pulled vehicles multiple times, and there's this uh, uh, strongman event out in Ohio. So uh, that's where I pulled a... Fire truck by my hair. That's amazing. I don't recommend it. It's, it's kind of painful.
0: And uh, not very I can I, I <laughs> imagine that being a little more than kind of painful. Uh, and, and anything you have to do to let you don't have to give away your secrets. If it, if it is a secret, you want to keep it in mystery. That's fine. But you have to you do like special kind of training to get your hair and scalp and neck and stuff ready. So uh, it's it's really the basics of training.
1: Once you understand progressive training, it, it doesn't matter whether you're doing this for a bench press or a squat or pulling a vehicle by your hair you just got to be progressive with it so i started with lighter vehicles and started doing some of those vehicles uphill worked up to bigger vehicles and it was just progressive training to be able to handle this uh, eight eight thousand pound vehicle there and yeah not nothing really you know i don't wash my hair a bunch it's <laughs> not really necessary so uh, nothing too special as far as the scalp or hair training. It was just really, it's, it's more about neck strength than anything yeah, else. Yeah, Cause when you sense. have all the hair together and I do have long hair, that is kind of a prerequisite for this. Uh, it's as strong as a rope. Only the weak ones go.
0: Nice. Fascinating. Really, really cool stuff. So, so then you, so you launched, uh, you're the co-founder and CEO of lost Uh, when did you start that and, and what is kind of your your, what makes you unique what makes you special Mm -hmm. we've been doing that about five years now
1: and what makes us unique and special is well tons and tons of people are getting into the the supplement world but we specialize just in herbal ingredients like we don't use isolated vitamins or minerals and we're really focused on bringing these herbs from across the world a lot of it comes from chinese medicine and ayurvedic medicine and it's it's just an area that most people, the average person out there, is not familiar with at all. But it's uh, really helpful to know about these herbs because they can support our health in a number of
0: different ways. Yeah, it's awesome, and I know you guys really focus on purity and quality because you know there's there's some some herb sources out there, supplement sources out there that are that are uh less than excellent and maybe don't hold to, to standards so you, want, you want to talk about your standards for a minute
1: yeah absolutely i'm mean, first and foremost it, I'm, I'm partnered with my two brothers in this company and we started it just as a way to kind of have our own supply of herbs uh because we were all into this and wanted that so uh we take this herbs. everyone in our company takes these herbs and i think that's a good sign with a supplement company are the people involved actually using their stuff because chances are, if they are, then you know they're they care about quality. So yeah, we do independent lab testing. We're always searching to find the highest quality ingredients that we can find and bring those to market. Cause first and foremost, you know,
0: we just want the best stuff for ourselves. Yeah. You're a consumer first. I love that. That kind of goes back to the the Google principle, you know, where they talk about eating your own dog food. And that was a reference back mm-hmm. to the, I think Purina or, or Pedigree or whoever, like they, their people would, would eat their own dog food to prove that it was healthy and good and whatever. Uh, I think I would, I would much rather consume herbs though than uh, than the dog food for, for what it's <laughs> yeah. worth. So so that, that's awesome. You guys are doing that. Uh, well, let's, let's dive in. There's several things you guys do very, very well that I want to uncover and allow people to to learn from you. Uh, I, I think let's start with a topic that's kind of at the forefront of every e-commerce owner's mind. Uh, and that is Amazon. What do we do with Amazon? How should we consider Amazon? Uh, but what's, what's your view? And, and how do you guys as a company view Amazon Friend, enemy, frenemy, how do you guys approach Amazon?
1: I, I really like to look at Amazon just as a sales channel. Uh, unlike some, I, most of the people in e-commerce that I meet, a lot of them get started on Amazon and they're all trying to pull those customers off of Amazon so they have a real asset and a real business. We're, we're kind of the opposite. We really focused on our website first. and driving traffic to that and building that up. And then it was like, yeah, we we should, you know, everyone else is having success on Amazon. We should really start building this up. So today, Amazon is, it's somewhere around 10% of our business. So it's not a, a huge part, though it is, uh, certainly a, a part of what we're doing. So I really like to look at it. Obviously, we have smaller uh, margins with the fees and everything there, and we don't control the customer. So I'd way rather have people buy through our website than through Amazon. But to not be on Amazon is just kind of losing out on sales. So I like to view it as a sales channel.
0: I think that's a really healthy view. and And we do have a few clients that view it that way that that's the way I would encourage most people to view it. Because you know there's a lot of people that that just will only buy something if it's on Amazon or or they're going to look on Amazon first or if they you know in your case if they're convinced that a certain type of herb is going to be healthy for them and going to help help them in some way they're probably going to check Amazon you know if they've got an Amazon prime membership and so you know now when you when you consider and you end seen different stats but up to 50% of all e-commerce transactions are on Amazon you know, you you got to look at it for what it is, and I think I think that's a really healthy view. It's a sales channel, but you're also really focused on your community and building your own customers and and building your own site. And so, uh, let, let's actually talk about that a little bit. I think this would be a good segue. I know you're really into content marketing, and and I think if you were to pull most e-commerce owners, they would all say yes, of course, content marketing can work, but very very few do it, and and very few do it well. So how do you guys approach content marketing? Why do you think it's important? And and then if you would kind of talk about your approach to content marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's important to note that with all that
1: uh, strength training and strong men stuff that I did, I, I come from the information marketing background. So I also run my other business at legendarystrength.com. And over there, I have books and videos, all kinds of stuff around strength training. You know, the, the, the basic fitness stuff as well as this crazy stuff that I do as well and so it's really from having that background uh, because in doing information marketing it's all about information right so you have the free information blog posts emails videos everything going out there as well as these paid courses so and i've been doing that about a decade or so so that's that's really was kind of my base and foundation so when we launched the herb company it just made sense to continue doing what i was actually good at and that is one of the things that has helped us to stand apart from the competition that's awesome
0: how how do you approach you know the idea part of content marketing because i think that that's that's one of the areas people struggle with is what do i write you know what's going to be compelling and engaging and and be shareable and people are going to link Mm -hmm. to it people are going to consume it how do you approach the the idea part of, of content marketing I definitely think it's probably easier for
1: us than many other e-commerce companies uh, because we're talking about herbs. And as I said before, this is not something the average person has any experience in. Uh, You know, when I say herbs, people often think I'm just talking about cannabis, which is not the herbs that we're selling, right? Right, So (laughs) uh, there's a lot of education that goes into uh, telling people just about these herbs, what they do, how they work, the science behind them, all these different aspects, so just, and right now I, I know, we have something like 50, 60 different SKUs, uh, different herbs that we have. So uh, just from that, there's so many topics we can write about just around the herbs themselves. However, we, although a big focus is the herbs, the herbs are only uh, uh, end to the means, right? It's it's about getting people healthy, performing better. So we talk about lifestyle type of topics as well. And all, all these different aspects of health that are important that help our people to get better results at whatever
0: they want. Yeah, that's awesome. Any, any tips that you can share in regards to content marketing? You know, and I've heard, I've heard some people say, you know, we watch our support tickets and our chat and stuff like that. Look for topics people are interested in. We use, you know, BuzzSumo and other online tools to see what's trending and what's hot. Any, any tips you have there? Definitely
1: looking at customer support. uh, I'd say some of our best content comes from customers' questions. Because if the the way I look at it, if if one person has a question about something, uh, then there's probably ten people there thinking the same thing but aren't necessarily asking the question. Um, And just to help our customer support, right? So uh, if if there's a really good question, and I'll write a thousand. Uh, word article about it or one of our other writers will do that. Then, you know, just from the customer support, being able to better serve our customers instead of the that person having to write some sort of short answer, they can just point to that article. So certainly coming from any of the questions that come in, that is a great way to get content. And I feel that's some of the best stuff that's out there. I wouldn't say I, I look at a lot of trendy things. I will occasionally go over news items. Like just the other day, uh, I came across this article about uh, they they captured on film orangutans that were topically applying some chewed up leaves. They were basically applying an ointment to their skin and people were like, no way. yeah. And here's the thing about that. It really shouldn't be that surprising that animals in nature are using herbal medicine themselves to treat themselves because that's really what medicine has been. We think we're so advanced with our science and everything. And in some ways we are. But uh the use of herbs as medicine has always been something that human species have done up until the modern age. So it's just really a forgotten part. So I use that story and that video as part of the message that I'm putting out there.
0: Yeah, really interesting. And I love the idea of looking at at support conversations and questions people are asking. Because just like you said, one, one that indicates Hey, if one person is asking this there's probably a lot more that are also curious and so this this blog post will likely get attention and get engagement mm-hmm. but then what a great way to 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 add to your customer support or, you know repertoire by doing just what you said you know allowing your support team to link to information rich you know articles that will really educate people on on the, the areas they have questions on so uh, i love that do you, do you guys do anything special to promote your content are you primarily just you know, sharing via email and and social, or is there anything special you do there?
1: Email is our primary channel, so we definitely use that, and we do use social. We're we're getting a little more traction in what we're doing on the social media side of things. Uh, but I wouldn't say anything super special. We're as as we're growing our team, and like we're just bringing in a content manager right now. Uh, we're going to get better systems for leveraging everything we got. Um, for me, it's always been just, you know, it's easy to write something new rather than go and promote (laughs) it out a whole bunch. So that's, it's certainly a work in progress, but yeah, just sharing it as much as we can. And if, if we do see traction with something, then we may go added steps above, like maybe reaching out to people, see if we can extend the sharing a bit further.
0: That's great. Any recent wins, any, any recent content marketing successes that you can share?
1: Well, it's been a tricky thing for me because I really enjoy writing. Like I enjoy coming up with content, and as our team's growing and the business is growing, like I'm having to step more into that CEO role and. So that's pulling me in one direction while I right, also so. want to do that. So it's, yeah, I know,
0: uh, I know the feeling on that
1: for sure. Right? So I, I've been working on really kind of just delegating more to the team, getting the systems in place so that I can focus more on the content. And I feel like uh, lately I've been winning a bit more there, getting ahead of schedule and everything. And we've really just begun ramping up our video production much more. We kind of went through a dearth of videos for a while. Now I have a little bit better of a studio to work from so I can, do video content as well as written content.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to just just speak to that point for a second, and this this was not planned, but I think it's worth mentioning. You know, we I've kind of been going going through the same thing here at OMG Commerce, where you know for and I'm the C, CEO, and my my business partner uh, kind of runs uh, business development and stuff, and so we kind of have our roles split. But you know, for several years, I was so consumed with running the business that it was very hard for me to to speak or to train or to you know create content things like that. And so, you know, recently we promoted a COO. You know, over the last year or so, really building out our team, and got a phenomenal team. And so, it's been it's been amazing. Like I, I was able to spend a lot of time creating a, a Google Traffic course with Ezra Firestone. I've got you know, six speaking gigs coming up this year, and all kinds of stuff like that that would would have been really hard to do without that support mm-hmm. and infrastructure. So, if you're kind of thinking about it, if you're considering, man, should I build a team, or should I just kind of you know, keep, keep one man showing it. Um, if that, if that's where you are as a business owner, strongly encourage you to consider the team concept. It can be a lot of work, but man, it can also free you up.
1: Yeah. Advantages and disadvantages to sure. everything it's, it's been going through that stage like, OK, having to do more managing, but now kind of delegating that. So I'm doing a bit less managing. And at, as a CEO, you know, there's there's kind of the, the big things of driving the company forward. And I feel that uh, because we do, I, I use my personality in the marketing. So being front and center with the emails, the articles, the videos just really keeps that connection
0: to our customer. Yep, yep, it's critical for sure. So, uh, talking about building community and and content, uh, something that's a little controversial, something that that some people will will hear and say, "Oh, I could never do that. I would I, w- I would never do that." And actually, there are plenty of businesses that that maybe shouldn't. But you are a daily emailer, so mm-hmm. talk about that. Do you email your entire list daily, or is it segmented? Um, And then talk about, you know, why you do that and and how it's how you think it's worked for you.
1: Yeah, so pretty much
0: emailing the whole list
1: daily. We do do some segmentation here and there, but uh, it really is about broadcasting out there. So we're generating a lot of content. A lot of these emails are shorter or, you know, if we film a new video, we'll point them to the blog or this new article. It wasn't always emailing daily, uh, but in the past two years, it's been pretty close to that. Um, the the reason we do it is about fifty percent of our revenue comes through email. Uh, email is still, in my mind, one of the best ways of you know talking to your prospects and your customers and communicating with them on a level that gets them to take action. I mean, social media and advertising that that stuff definitely works and is important, but. Nothing in my mind works quite as well as really having this communication with a tribe of people that looks forward to your emails. Uh, A lot of people think, oh, everyone's going to subscribe. And of course, there's people that unsubscribe and whatnot. But uh, a lot of people actually look forward to our emails because they're informative. They're also uh, entertaining at times as well. We have fun in what we're doing with all this. So a lot of people look forward to reading what we have to say every single day.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, you guys are thoughtful. You you have a strategy there. It's a it's a mixture of good informative content, educational pieces, plus entertainment, plus offers. Mm-hmm. So you want to speak to that a little bit. How do you kind of structure your schedule? So do you look at okay, every third email is going to be promotional, or every fourth email is going to be promotional, or or, or does it just kind of depend? Uh, it, it kind of depends. We do have a.
1: Uh content schedule, so we try to be have all our content done two weeks out, and then we're working on the next two weeks. At this point, I'm not the only one writing the emails. We have a copywriter that helps us out as well as I'm um, not the only one writing articles, so we do have several people involved with it at this point. But even if we didn't back when we were smaller, like I used to do every all the emails all by myself, and it was one of the highest value activities that we had because it does drive so much revenue. Um, we, we mix it up. So there's a lot of times we'll have a promotion, whether that's a new item um, that we have for sale, or we're just running a promotion on a single item, or several times a year, we'll do big store-wide discounts. So during those periods, it is more promotional, but we really don't have a lot of emails that are just strictly promotional. like There always is some sort of inf- informative aspect or entertainment aspect to them. And we do like to mix it up. So in a given week, there may be uh, three emails that are kind of pointing to a blog, a new video or bigger articles we have. Then there's three emails that are kind of more directly promoting an item that we have on sale that once again, they do have that informative aspect to them. But it really is kind of a mixed bag. So what you see from one week to the next could be completely different.
0: Interesting. Uh curious, what, what are you testing right now as far as email goes? Are there, are there any new approaches or, or, or just how do you go about looking at your email marketing results and, and, and trying to constantly improve them?
1: Well, so we do use uh, UTM parameters for every email so we can see exactly what sort of results we get with each email. Um, as far as testing, uh, we felt at the end of last year we we're doing a bit too much in promotion. So we're trying to get back to uh, a bit stronger in the content, and that has to go with the the articles, the videos, and everything that we're doing. So we're pulling back a little bit on that. Um, but we're we haven't actually been split testing with emails yet. Had some difficulties in figuring out the technological setup to do that. So we're not split testing
0: anything there. And, and so when you say you felt like you were a little too promotional last year, was that looking at data like like unsubscribe rates over time, or was that more qualitative data where you're getting feedback from clients on the the frequency of email, or what led you to that conclusion?
1: I think that was just kind of personal looking at it. Like, we'd have Got it. put one new item uh, this week. And for uh, most of our promotions, it'll be about a week long. And there may be like a hey, this promotion's beginning email, something in the middle, maybe one or two emails in the middle that are more information based. And then the last one saying hey, last chance at this. And then that would be interspersed with some other emails that may casually mention it in a PS or just be completely off topic from it. Um, I, I just felt it was too much like back-to-back. We'd be scrambling from one promotion. It's also trying to relax our pace because we've got so many other projects going on that if we're always doing a promotion, it's a little bit more work to set up.
0: Great, great. Any email marketing tips you would give to listeners? So ways to approach email marketing or if someone feels stuck with their email marketing, any, any tips you would point them to?
1: Yeah, I, I think... Really, if you can look at it as a habit, just the more you get into the habit of generating ideas. for thing, I mean, you were asking about ideas, but ideas is not difficult. Like I can spend a little bit of time punching around the internet, or I can just uh, spend five minutes going to like a meditative state and come out with 20 different ideas for content. So the, the more you get into the habit of generating ideas, the easier that will be, then also just the habit of writing. Uh, I feel for me writing is, well, my peak period of time for doing work is early in the morning. Um, So I I like to do writing first thing in my workday before I open up email or check messages or anything. Writing's typically going to be the first thing that I'll do and I'll spend an hour or so on it. And if I'm just focused on emails, I, I can typically do an email in about 10 minutes or so
0: depending on the length of the email. That's awesome. And and I'm the same way. I I do my best creative work in the morning. So if I'm working on a course or preparing for a presentation or something, morning is always good for me. I've also found that, man, if I can spend like the first hour or so creating content and I feel like, man, I've really made progress with this project, that really provides fuel for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. I find myself being much more productive uh, for the rest of the day. And so uh, I I was impressed by you. We're we're recording this at uh, about eight, am your time specific time i'm central so it's a little after 10 but uh you'd already been up for what three hours or something working and writing <laughs> and so uh super yep. super impressive um let's talk about a topic that that is not an area of expertise for me i've been around this type of marketing for a long time i've got some some friends who kind of made their claim to fame with this type of marketing but i've done very little myself and that's affiliate marketing so talk about how you guys approach affiliate marketing and and what you're doing there and and how is that working right now uh so
1: once again this goes back to uh being in the information marketing realm uh in that space affiliate marketing's uh, a much bigger thing than it tends to be in e-commerce you know it's it's typical if you look at like clickbank where an affiliate will get 75 percent commission on a, a project and people have entire businesses Their only traffic generation means is through affiliates. It can be a really quick way to grow. Um, so, coming from that information marketing background, uh, figured just, you know, why not apply the same thing to e-commerce? We have decent enough margins on the things that we can support it. And specifically, we um, basically we, we got this idea from another company called BioTrust, which is a supplement company, uh, very big. And they skyrocketed to being, a, I believe, a nine-figure company in just a few years. And it was largely off of using the affiliate model, and what they offered was 30% lifetime commissions. So that means if the, you bring in a customer today and they buy, you get the affiliate gets 30% of that. And if the person doesn't buy for another year but then buys, uh, then that, that affiliate will get that 30% commission then wow. as well. Uh, so it, for affiliates that get that and think long-term, it really can be a strong... Um, a strong incentive to do that. I mean, we've had affiliates that did some promotion back several years ago, and those customers just keep on buying. So even though they haven't been active in their promotion, they're still getting payouts
0: uh, every single month coming from that. That's amazing. And, and so how do you structure that in terms of what you provide the affiliates? So I'm assuming you're giving them email, copy, potentially ads. Um, and then also curious what affiliate network you recommend? And I know there are several and probably several that work well, but but any, any recommendations there would be great too.
1: We're on Infusionsoft right now. So it's the affiliate program has just run through that and we're not actually a part of a network right now. Gotcha. Um, in the future, we may experiment more. So we, we really used affiliates to help to kind of grow us to a certain point. And uh, we're still active with the affiliates and still working on that a little bit, but it's a little bit more maintenance mode as we're trying to uh, expand more uh, through advertising and different means so that we're not so reliant on a single traffic source. Also, the affiliate commissions at 30% lifetime does add up over time. So uh, (laughs) yeah, some some affiliates get paid more than I do, which is crazy. (laughs) Uh, But we're very thankful for those affiliates because they're driving a lot of traffic.
0: Yep, yep it's great cuz you don't have to pay up front for those for those sales you know which, which is great um especially at different times in your business uh but then yeah then in terms of what you supply the affiliates are you writing email copy yeah so we have
1: uh email copy which are called uh, swipe files we do that so since email is so strong for us we uh, a lot of our affiliates, email marketing is a strong thing for them. It's a lot of people also in the information marketing space. And we kind of started this, I was in the fitness space, a lot of other affiliates that I knew were in the fitness space. And we have a lot of herbs that are great for athletic performance. So it was a a natural fit um, that they'd promote. You give them a swipe email when they have the tracking link, they do that and they'll get commission on it. We also like to Uh, a lot of our affiliates will send traffic to a squeeze page. So this uh, is something that's kind of harder to do just in the information marketing thing, but with the, um, in e-commerce it works well. So they opt in on our squeeze page, then we'll follow up with them. We'll give them a special report. We have an email sequence that will then sell them on the benefits of the herb. So they get educated into buying the herb. So a lot of our successful affiliates will send emails or otherwise direct traffic to these squeeze pages that we
0: have awesome so i know a lot of people that that use affiliates you know they're they're part of cj which used to be commission mm-hmm. junction or, or pepper jam I think which i think has a different name now you know one of those networks uh, so that they can you know recruit affiliates easily because that's kind of one of the benefits of the network so you're not using a network how did you go about recruiting affiliates kind of in the beginning A lot of
1: it was just through my personal network that was already kind of developed at the time, and then some introductions here and there. Uh, We had our affiliate program open, so just there's that, you know, affiliate program link at the bottom of every page in our website. We did encounter some fraud, so that's closed right now, but we're going to be opening it back up because we feel like we have that handled right now, and... Some of our uh, really great affiliates have just found us through recommendations or whatnot, so, as I said, I haven't been super
0: active in it right now. It's just kind of growing through word of mouth gotcha and and I'm assuming that that well, first of all, I'm always surprised you know we're in the e commerce space we're online marketing, but there's still a pretty big element of what we do that that really is benefited uh, by by a personal mm-hmm. network, so like by attending events by meeting people by uh, you know, getting out and doing the the old principles of business that have worked forever. It works in our space too. So from, you know, recruiting affiliates to finding partners to, you know, whatever, just getting help on your business. So that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also assuming that, that probably some of your content marketing, you know, you're building this community and, and being this, this source of information that probably attracted people that were really into the space and, and, and potentially your content marketing uh, drove affiliates as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely the affiliates that really like promoting us, you know, because we have that strong email marketing and we follow up with people. So once they bring a customer into us, you know, we're pretty good at following up with that customer uh, through our content and everything so that they'll continue to get commissions from them. Because as soon as the person comes into our system, it's hard coded to that affiliate. So it, it's not just based off of cookies or anything. So I, I feel that's an important aspect too. um Our affiliates being successful in the long term with what uh, we're doing and certainly also the affiliates um, like that you know we're a quality company we stand behind our herbs and everything that we do Uh, so we're doing all these things right so they a lot of our affiliates are really happy about recommending our stuff rather than
0: recommending something that's you know like a shadier supplement just because it has a higher commission got it got it well, in, in continuing down the path of, of what's working now and what's, what's really growing your business, let's talk about about conversions for a minute and, and improving your conversion rate. Uh, so, so can you kind of give us you know, top two or three conversion improvements that you've made over the last six months, 12 months? one of the things
1: that I, i'm really excited about because i didn't know how this would work is that uh, we're part of one percent for the planet which for people that are not familiar with that it's kind of it was uh, founded by yvonne Schoenard, the founder of patagonia and it's uh, basically a basically a nonprofit that connects businesses with nonprofits that support the planet in different ways and we've been a part of this for a couple years and 1% for the planet means you're giving 1% of your sales to uh, different charities that do support the planet. So, what we've done is we've selected uh, five different charities that we like. And on our uh, checkout page, uh, it gives the person an option with a radio button to say, hey, we're giving 1% of your order to the following charities. Select which one you'd like. And it is an optional thing. Uh, but just putting that on there, I, I was afraid, pardon me, was like, oh, this is going to be an extra. Th- and you know the names of these charities, people aren't necessarily going to be familiar with them. So is this going to suppress conversions? Uh, which is why I split tested it, but we're happy to say that conversions are, it's floating, it's its not quite 100% statistically significant right now, but it's between 4 and 5% improved wow, by having this charity selector on the checkout page, yeah. And it, it's, it's not even displayed well, I feel it could be so much better, but just running from that test and seeing that there, and it, it makes sense to me, thinking about it, like people are thinking, oh, you know, what fly-by-night Business is going to uh, support charity, right? So it, it's it's probably helping people feel uh, better about their selection, and also that you know they're supporting a charity rather than uh, you know just themselves. So it's kind of taking them out of the thought of should I complete this purchase or
0: not. I love that. I love that. That that's super interesting and and one that you know I I, I potential. <coughs> one second, I got choked up. It's so, so moving. I got choked up once. One you know, I potentially would have been in your camp as well, thinking, "Yeah, I don't know." Like, any time you create potential friction or or extra options, you, you just never know. But I, I could see how this would resonate with your audience, right? So, someone that's buying these pure, you know, uh, herbs, and, and they're thinking about health and nutrition, also likely wanted to be responsible and, and take care of the planet as well. So. I think that was a, a smart thing to test, and and glad that that turned out well. Um, any, any other you know conversion improvements here recently?
1: Yeah, we we've uh, since hiring a copywriter and having a little more capacity, we've been rewriting some of our sales letters. And I, for many people I know in e-commerce, the sales letter may be like a two sentence product description. But uh, in line with the content marketing and the education, and everything we have long-form sales letters that can sometimes be several pages long that talk about traditional uses of the herbs and uh, the science behind them and all this. Um, So we've been split testing kind of our old sales letters versus new ones that, you know, just longer, more in-depth and everything. And we're still pretty early in this, but we're typically seeing five to 10%
0: improvements in conversion rates from these sales letters. Nice. And I noticed you also incorporate video, so a lot of product Video on your product detail pages, kind of you walking through the health benefits and and the the you know how how the 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 herb or the supplement works. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel like that improves conversions? Yeah, we haven't actually tested
1: that. That would be a good thing to do. Uh, we are going to play around a bit more with the layout on our product pages because uh, I I have a feeling that that can be improved because we kind of have like a tab thing and they are long pages because we have the the product description that's quite long but yeah i I definitely feel the video is helping but i can't say for sure how much
0: got it yeah And, and and my my philosophy is you know you just need to do it everybody needs to put product videos on your your product detail pages if you can you know i think if you look at you know what what drives conversion on a product detail page you know it always goes back to some of the basics right so having really good product imagery product photography I think a lot of businesses fall short there and, and especially if it's a, a wearable or something that's going to be visible, you know, maybe a little less important for you because these are, you know, digestibles or herbs, but <laughs> but still images are important. Uh, you know, titles, reviews, all super important. But then going back to your, your copy point, like, you know, depending on what it is that you're selling, you know, taking some extra time to walk people through the the history and the story and the benefit. And, and one thing you guys do really well, and you mentioned you got a copywriter, you, you guys create very scannable, consumable content. So even though it may be a few pages, it's benefit laden, it's easy to scan. Like as you start reading part of it, it kind of hooks you and draws you in. There are images, you know, of the herb and some of the ingredients and stuff like that. So I think I think in your case, those long pages, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're, they're working so well for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So good. Any, any other conversion tips? Yeah, we've been uh,
1: working on uh, split testing our homepage too. Early on, we got some feedback that it was way too herb-focused. So for that average person that comes in, they look at the page and they have no clue what any of these herbs are. It wasn't really helping in direct them. So right now we're uh, testing uh, a new page that's really more kind of benefit oriented and breaking up the different herbs across these categories. Um, and that seems to be working. And that's our homepage. So it gets a lot of traffic and that's converting about 5% better. And a- as soon as this one's statistically significant, I'm going to throw some video on the homepage as well. So I, because so much traffic does come into that homepage, and oftentimes for a new person, like people that are listening to this podcast and then want to go see what these herbs are about, they're going to head on over. To the homepage, and that's going to be that uh, you know first initial impression, and that's got to be strong. So, uh, really working on getting that homepage working better and helping direct
0: people to the the right sort of products that will help them best. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And one, one thing I would encourage, and, and I I know you know the successful e-commerce owners are typically doing this already, but. But find people like Logan that are testing things and doing unique things on their pages and just follow them. So go to Lost Empire Herbs, check out the homepage, check out those product detail pages, see what you can learn and apply to your store. Uh, so talking about, speaking of traffic, you know, wh- what are kind of your, what are your top sources of, of traffic right now? Affiliates still is our top traffic
1: source, although uh, we're happy to see that other things are starting to catch up to that. Uh, our AdWords is doing pretty well uh, with your help. It is starting to grow and we're very happy with that. We've had a really hard time with Facebook and a lot of ad accounts getting shut down, but we continually try to do that. Uh, and then it really is our, our, content generation strategy. We have decent SEO results, although we're looking to build that and, uh, traffic coming from YouTube and whatnot. And then of course our email marketing, just driving our own traffic back to the website is the number one thing of them all. Very good. And then
0: uh, just any, anything you're looking to test next. So this may be either traffic sources or conversion tests or email tests. Anything that you're about to test um, just that that can be instructional as well. We're really making a strong push with video uh, and
1: doing this in uh, a few different ways. So a a lot more videos just on YouTube that are around content, talking about topics that are interested to our people. But uh, we're also rolling out video ads Ah, uh, so both on YouTube and Facebook, which we have not really done before this year. So I'm very excited to see results with those because I think that's going to help us reach a wider audience and connect to more people. And then using these videos throughout our website in different ways, I, I believe that it's all going to fit together and just make us a much stronger brand.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned video. You know, as you well know, because you and I have talked about it a lot. Video is a big push on our end as well, and I, I think for most merchants you know video is a, is a no-brainer for product detail pages it's a must for remarketing you know so using video ads for remarketing on Facebook you know video pre-roll ads on YouTube as a remarketing vehicle you know I'm a big believer in in shoppable true view as a format on YouTube and that's the you know the skippable ads that the, that are pre-roll ads that also have your your product listing ads uh, next to it as you and I've talked about mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you know it's so cool I actually got to meet the guy that runs ads for Purple Mattress, and uh, just amazing what they've done through YouTube. Really, their business was built on YouTube, and so that that's something that I, I see more e-commerce owners being able to leverage. You got to be able to tell a good story. You have to have videos <laughs> that that work, that hook people, that engage people, that make them want to watch. And, and then, but you know, YouTube has some of the you know campaign options and the targeting options to really you know make it effective so so looking at the right audiences and and only paying if someone engages with the video or clicking through and even some new CPA type targeting options you know that YouTube offers so yeah we're really excited to to explore that as well
1: yeah, I, I think it's important, the stuff that I was talking about with uh, content and emails to really have that all incorporated in the video as well. So, you know, not just being educating or entertaining or inspiring, but really being able to combine all three. I think that's where the best results are going to come from, and especially uh, being funny in the videos. That's something we're going to work on expanding, too, because that just if you can hit that that viral video that just expands, then, you know, that can that can grow a brand overnight, it seems.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's it's so interesting. Like if you, if you look at the really good ads, so take, you know, the, the purple mattress one with Goldilocks, you know, where they do the, the egg test, you know, where they drop that big sheet of glass onto a mattress to see if it, if it, the mattress protects the egg or not, you know, that's pretty engaging, but Goldilocks is also funny. And she kind of talks about the, you know, too hard, too soft, too whatever, just right mattresses. Uh, and and that, that video really helped launch, you know, launch Purple Mattress. You look at the squatty potty video and how how that was fun and educational at the same time and very, very memorable. Uh, I found myself a few weeks ago quoting this sales video to my wife. It was on uh, prebiotics. So whatever, I was just watching this, this the salesman was like, did you know blah, blah, blah about prebiotics? I'm quoting all this, like, like I'd just been to a class or something. And then I thought, you know, I I am quoting like a sales video right now, uh, but it, but it was educational enough that it that it made it made me feel empowered that I now you know know a little bit about prebiotics that I didn't know before, which is interesting. So I'm I'm with you. If you can combine those things, you know, you got you got to hook someone, you got to get their attention, but then if you can inform and you know a little bit of entertaining, doesn't have to be. You know, side-splitting laughter, anything like that, but at least make someone say like, "Hey, this, you know, I, I like these people." You know, like the, the, this is this is fun or interesting, mm-hmm. and and then and then hook in an offer. You know, that 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 all works well together. You're you're absolutely right. So cool. And anything else you're excited to test or explore here in the coming months? We're also working to uh,
1: increase. Well, so we have really good quality, but uh, making that more transparent. And available for people. So, for instance, we are uh, working on developing kind of a process flowchart for every single one of our products. So, how does this herb go from uh, you know growing on the farm or wild in nature, and all the different steps it goes through in processing, whether it's uh, just a hot water extract or dual extracted or spagyrics or all kinds of crazy stuff that we do, to that final product that's delivered to a person? And being able to showcase uh, just deliver because I feel the whole supplement world is going towards more transparency because it needs to because there is a lot of crappy supplements out there. So the more we can showcase that and show it to people, uh, then of course, the the more they'll trust us and our our sales should go up. So we're working on doing some different things in alignment with that to better be able to showcase that to people.
0: I love that. I think that's uh, obviously it's super important for your category and you're right. There's a a lot of shady people in the supplement space. And so if you can be really transparent there that's important. I I think it's just, it's something that, that consumers want now. Like we want to know, how are you building this or making this or sourcing this or processing this? And what are you doing to be responsible, responsible for responsible for me, the customer? Like, how are you protecting and taking care of me? How are you taking care of the planet? How are you taking care of resources? Things like that. So I, I love that. And, and is there any ways we can we can see that or some of that kind of still in development? Is that going to be on your product detail pages or? Yeah, we just uploaded
1: uh, some of these flow charts to a couple of our products. So if people head to LostEmpireHerbs.com and go on our Pine Pollen Powder page, uh, which is our number one selling product, they scroll down, uh, they'll see that chart there. And this was actually an idea we got from Amazon uh, if you're aware that Amazon their Elements brand they rolled out a few different supplements and their supplements really in my opinion are kind of crappy but how they showcase their supplements is pretty amazing so that that helped generate this idea and we thought about you know how could we do this in a way that really more visually, because we, we, we talk about where the herbs come from and whatnot on all of our product pages, but to do it more visually so people get it quicker, uh, we feel that's really important. Plus, you know, images are more shareable on Pinterest and social media and everything. So we think that will help in that channel as well.
0: I'm looking at this right now, looking at looking at this infographic on the pine pollen uh, product and uh, lots of peas in that and the pine <laughs> pollen process, the pine pollen production uh, really awesome, but you know it's interesting. Uh, it it kind of so one. I love the idea of being transparent. Obviously, you can kind of tell by the way I'm talking about. It. I'm a believer in transparency. It's also interesting how when when you bring some things to light, it just allows people to value your product more, and they think about your product in a more interesting way. And and I, I remember this this old story. So I'm I'm a student of old school marketing, it's like Claude Hopkins. You know, my life in advertising, scientific advertising, and John Hopkins. And I don't remember which book it was in, and I don't remember the brand of beer now. Maybe Schlitz. I'll just Schlitz. say Yeah, yeah was it was yeah. Schlitz. Yeah, okay. Where where you know the the ad writer was like, hey, you know, tell me about the production. And I said, well, you know, we use these five thousand feet wells and all this process. And the copywriter was like, whoa, we got to tell people about that. And and the the beer company said, well, that's this is what everybody does. Like this is normal. And and the copywriter said, well, yeah, but nobody knows this. Like this is interesting. And and if you kind of hear the story, man, it, may, may, it makes the beer taste a little bit better. Like right, you think about, man, this was. Five thousand, but well, I'm, I'm making that up. I have no idea how deep the well was, but something, something like yeah. that. And so, so yeah. So you're a you're a student of old advertising as well. Sounds like yes, absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So good. Well, well, Logan, this has been phenomenal. Uh, really appreciate your time and and sharing so much. What you guys are doing super educational. Uh, you you are one of the entrepreneurs that I, I encourage people to watch. Like, hey, check out what this guy's doing. Uh, he's always testing new things. And so so how can people get in touch with you or follow you or learn more about your products? Well, if people want to reach me
1: directly, email is the best way, logan at lostempireherbs.com. You can find me there. Of course, I I do recommend you follow what we're doing. So go to Lost Empire Herbs, check it out, sign up on the email list and you'll see lots of emails from me. If you're (laughs) interested in the strength training stuff, Go to legendarystrength.com, sign up there. You'll also see a lot of emails from me. And I also started doing some more kind of business and uh, personal uh, productivity and philosophy type stuff at loganchristopher.com.
0: So uh, yeah, lots of places to check me out. Very cool, man. Well, I'm going to, as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to go check out the juggling kettlebells of fire video gotta see that yeah. uh and the hair pulling video uh right. so super uh, super- i'll give
1: you a link so legendarystrength.com slash best dash of uh that that page has just a bunch of these videos so everything we talked about and a whole bunch more just kind of my like best demonstration feats of strength there so that that's a really good place to go and see that and that, that'll keep you entertained for an hour or so
0: awesome awesome very good Logan Christopher ladies and gentlemen good stuff Logan uh, there's been a ton of fun thank you so much for for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me yep awesome and as always thank you all for tuning in uh, this was part of the how I did it series we're gonna to continue to interview some successful e-commerce entrepreneurs find out what makes them tick find out what's working for them right now in terms of conversions and traffic and other cool things like that new innovations that they're trying. And so, as always, we'd love your feedback. Let us know the topics you want to hear more of. If you have guest suggestions, you know other amazing e-commerce entrepreneurs that, that I should interview, let me know. Uh, as always, if you love this show, we would love to have you leave that five-star review in iTunes. That helps other people discover the show as well. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.